This morning as we begin, we're going we're gonna to jump out of the book of Daniel, and we're actually going to um, have a Good News Club lesson. Um, this coming Tuesday is the last Good News Club of the fall. And um, as I was preparing for this lesson that comes up on Tuesday, I got so excited about it, I decided, you know what, everybody, we all need to learn this lesson. And um, also, I wanted to share it with you all so that you could have a little glimpse of what we're going to be learning on Tuesday and so that you can be praying for the day on Tuesday. You can be praying for me as I teach, for all of the grade shepherds as they are working with the children individually, and most importantly, be praying for the children. And so um, we're going to have a, a Good News Club lesson here this morning as we look forward to a Good News Club on Tuesday at Harrison Elementary School. So let's just begin by praying together. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that we are adopted, that we are a part of your family, that we are together in your family and we can call out to you, Heavenly Father, as our Father, as our God. And Lord, I pray for those who have not yet been adopted, who have not yet believed on the Lord Jesus and received everlasting life, have not yet been redeemed, have not yet been put into your family. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would work in individual hearts and lives, beginning here this morning today here in Bible Hour, and as we look forward to Good News Club on Tuesday at Harrison Elementary School, we pray for each of those children, some who have received you, some who hardly even know you or even know anything about you. Lord, I pray that you will help us to communi communicate truth and help them to see you, to know you, and that they may believe upon you and become a part of your family. Be with us now, I pray, in your name. Amen. Well, in Good News Club, we have already had several weeks, and we have been learning about David. And the theme of our lessons have been God, the one who knows my heart. And we've been learning about the life and history of David. David. We've learned a little bit about King Saul. And today we come to a point where perhaps you know the story of Mephibosheth. And this is the lesson that is when, well, I'll give you the brief summary of it so you kind of know ahead of it, is when Mephibosheth, who is the son of Jonathan, the grandson of King Saul, David's enemy, is adopted into the family of King David. And the lesson of all of this flows over to how all of us, though we are enemies with God through the work of Jesus Christ, we can be adopted into the family of God. So, you all have know some of the history of David from long time past. In the Good News Club, we've been learning about it. So, just as an introduction, they've heard several weeks now learning about David and learning about King Saul and all of this background. And so, when it comes to this point, you're all feeling like you're jumping right in. But um, they've heard a little bit about it, and now we're learning about Saul and Jonathan. One of the things interesting about it is that we had learned that Jonathan was the prince, right? 
King Saul is the king of Israel, and Jonathan is the prince. See, he's the guy here with the gold crown. And you see here, he's, he's putting a garment, a royal garment on David. That's the guy here. And what's going on here is, is that God has rejected King Saul from being king, and he has chosen and anointed David to be king. Now, normally, Jonathan would be the next king, and he could be very bitter and very upset and mad at David because God chose him over him. But instead of that, he and David become very good friends. And you see here, he's giving him the royal garment because he's recognizing that he is now the one who will be the next king. And these two, it tells us in, second, in 1 Samuel chapter 20 that they made a covenant together. Here, listen to this covenant. Shew me the kindness of the Lord that I die not. But also thou shalt not cut off the kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, everyone from face on the earth. They made a very special promise. They made what we call a covenant with each other. A covenant that David would not kill him. And not just himself, but also his family. And it says they made this covenant. Jonathan said even require it at the hand of David's enemies. So Jonathan caused David to swear this promise that he would keep it and that he would show kindness to his family. You know why David was able to do this? Well, it's because of our word up this week. David was able to keep this because David was a kind man. But more than that, David knew that someone else is very kind. Our word up is, God is kind. Can you say that with me? God is kind. God is kind. God is kind. And because God is kind, David could be kind to Jonathan. Well, you remember that in spite of Jonathan and David being friends, David and Saul were not friends. In fact, it seemed that all Saul could do was think about killing David. And time went by. Time went by. The nation of Israel still had trouble with the Philistines. Remember those people whom Goliath was a part of? They had trouble. Well, one day there was a battle between the Philistines and King Saul. In that battle, King Saul was wounded. King Saul then terribly killed himself. But there was another person that day who was wounded and killed. Prince Jonathan. Prince Jonathan was killed that day. Well, what would happen to Jonathan's family? What would happen to Jonathan's family? I had some helpers here. Where are my helpers? Is Philip here yet? There they are. There he is. Here, I'd like to introduce to you Prince Mephibosheth. Prince Mephibosheth. Now, the day that Prince Jonathan, his father, 
died, Prince Mephibosheth was with his nurse. This is his nurse. That's the one who's taking care of the prince. Where his mother is, we don't know. Perhaps she was away. Perhaps she has already died. In fact, when we read the account, it's not real clear what's going on. The news comes to the palace that the king is dead. The news comes to the royal city of Gibeah that Prince Jonathan is dead. And whatever is going on in the royal city, it's not safe for Mephibosheth. Speculating and imagining a little bit, it's possible that soldiers were actually invading the royal city of Gibeah. It's even possible, maybe, that Mephibosheth's mother has already been killed in the dilemma and the problem. And they're hunting and looking for Mephibosheth. Because in those days, when one is killed, they don't just kill the king. They kill the prince, and they kill the prince prince. And so the news comes to Gibeah, the royal city, that Jonathan is dead. Your father is dead. Your grandfather, the king, is dead. They don't look very concerned, do they? Well, on this day, Mephibosheth was scared, terrified, and so were you. And they had to flee. They had to run away. They had to get away. But you know what? Little five-year-olds don't have very long legs, do they? And so this nurse picked them up. Now, how many of you carry your five-year-olds? <laughs> Mephibosheth was five. And so the nurse, to help, picks Mephibosheth up, and she runs with him. Don't be too real. <laughs> oh, it kind of happened that way, but worse. As she was running and fleeing with Mephibosheth to save his life, she fell. She dropped him, and she hurt his feet. Hurt his feet so that Mephibosheth would never again be able to walk. He would be a cripple. Mephibosheth disappears. No one knows where he's at. Well, almost no one. He's in hiding because now there is a new king. A new king. His name is is David. David is the new king. He was the one chosen by God, and now he has been anointed by God, and he becomes the king. He gains a victory over the Philistines, the people who had killed King Saul and Prince Jonathan. And Mephibosheth, the cripple, is forgotten. But you know, he wasn't. What's our word up? God is kind. God didn't forget about Mephibosheth. And neither did King David. He just didn't know about him. 
years later, at least seven years later, perhaps more, King David was remembering that special promise that he had made to Jonathan. He was remembering that covenant that he and Jonathan had made together, that he would show kindness to Jonathan as long as he lived, and that he would show kindness to his house, to his family. And so one day, we don't know how many years later, David asked a question. Is there yet any left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? David remembered the covenant he had made, the promise he had made to Jonathan, and he wanted to know, is there any of the family, the house of Saul, he says that I can show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? Well, as we find, there was someone who knew about Mephibosheth. Not many people knew about Mephibosheth because, you see, at this time, we have a new king. Nowadays, we think it's weird when the old president doesn't greet the new president when he takes office. Do you know what they thought was weird back then? Is when the old king, well, when the new king didn't kill all the family of the old king. That was weird. Now, we have a hard time understanding that, but that's the case. It was weird at this time that the new king wouldn't kill not just the old king, but all of his family. But David knew a truth, and that is... God is kind. God is kind. And so David, knowing that God is kind, wanted to show kindness to the house, the family of Saul. Not murder not cruelty, kindness. And so he asked, are there any left? Well, there was one man whose name was Ziba. And Ziba used to be a servant to King Saul and King Saul's family. And so Ziba, I'll be Ziba, comes in before the king as he had been called. Art thou Ziba? Thy servant is he. Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him. Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on both his feet. Where is he? Should I tell him? You sure this isn't a trap? Should I tell him? Now, you all think, of course you should tell King David. King David is kind. King David is a mighty warrior. He is world-renowned for him, for being a mighty warrior. He's the one who killed Goliath. Should I tell him? Is he really going to show kindness to him? I'm not going to have time on, on Tuesday to go into this, but as I have been meditating on it, I thought of something. Why could Ziba trust David? I think Ziba, in this moment, was able to trust David because David had shown seven years or more of kindness to Ziba. See, in those days, not only would the family of the previous king get murdered, 
But oftentimes their entire, anyone who's loyal to them, anyone who served them. And obviously Ziba was in a very privileged place in the family of Saul because he knows where Mephibosheth is. And, and Ziba had trust in David that David would truly be kind. And so he tells him, Behold, he is in the house of Mekar, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. All the details. Now, in that day, most kings would have summoned their mightiest warriors, and David had them, and gone and had a surprise Navy SEAL type of attack on that house and made sure there was nobody left of the house of Saul. But no, not King David. King David was kind because he knows God is kind. God is kind. And so David sent and he fetched out of Lodabar Mephibosheth. And here he comes. Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, lame in both his feet, a cripple. You see him here? He's been in hiding. He's not able to work. He was probably clothed in rags, poor, destitute, afraid. You've been summoned before the mighty warrior, King David. What's he do? It says that when he came in before David, he fell on his face and did reverence. David said, Mephibosheth, behold thy servant. Fear not. Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. What is this thy servant, that thou shouldst look upon such a dead dog as I am. I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Mephibosheth, the poor, destitute, cripple was shown kindness, was adopted by the king into his family, and invited to eat at the king's table every day. David couldn't heal his crippleness but he could do all that he could to show him kindness and love and cause him to sit in his family, to be a part of his family. David was kind, and David was kind because he knew God is
How is God kind to each one of us? How is God kind to each one of us? We see the beautiful sun out, the beautiful snow outside. Well, we've also been learning in Good News Club that we all have a problem, a problem of sin. It's a problem in our hearts. The Bible tells us, God's Word tells us, that though our sins be red like crimson, when we believe on Jesus, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again, He takes our hearts, though red and stained with cr like crimson red, and He makes us white as snow. And not only does He show us that kindness in forgiving us our sins, he adopts us, and he brings us into his family, and he makes us one of his own. It's wonderful. Let me illustrate it to you in another way. We had Mephibosheth here and King David, and King David, you saw there, there's no record that Mephibosheth had rags or anything like that, but it implied he was welcomed in and made clean. I'm sure, David, that if you could have, you would have healed those feet. I imagine the kindness of David that he probably did consult all of the best of the scientists and people who helped people to try to help Mephibosheth. But there was nothing that could take away that lameness. You see, this story is just a little story of how much God can do for us. You see, all of us have a whole lot bigger problem than being lame in both our feet. You know, Sometimes we think we're pretty strong when we're really very weak. Very weak. And it says that our sins are like crimson. Anyone want to come up here and help me? Can I have a helper? Owen, can you come help me, please? Let's just imagine here. Let's slip on this robe. Put your hands up in first. See, the Bible says that our sins are red like crimson. There's nothing wrong with the red color. It's just making a point. Red like crimson. Do you think you could make this white? No. Nothing he can do to wash his sins away. In fact, maybe you might try doing good things. Do you think good things will help? Well, let's try it. Here, let's put on some good things. Do some good things. Put your hands up, Ben. Careful, this is a nice, fancy, good, good thing. Don't mess it up. These are righteousnesses. These are all the good things we do. Anybody impressed? You see, the scriptures say that our sins are red like crimson. Like red. Our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We can't do anything to wash our sins away. 
Nothing I can do, nothing you can do. We can't do anything. You know what we need? God's kindness and praise God. God is kind. Because God knows every one of us have this problem of sin and God knows every one of us, our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. So God became a man, became one of us. And he never had any sins. And all of his righteousnesses were perfectly white. They were not rags. He never committed a single sin. His righteousness was never stained, was never dirtied. No hole was ever put in it. He was perfect. He never thought a mean thing. He never said a mean thing. He never did a mean thing. He always obeyed his parents. He always did good. He always showed love and kindness. Why? Because he was God. And? Yes. And the greatest kindness that God showed to man is coming and being perfect and without sin and shedding his blood on the cross to wash our sins away. And when we believe on Jesus and believe that he died for our sins and that his righteousness only can properly clothe us, can save us, when we believe on him, Jesus comes and he takes those filthy rags, all of that sin, he takes it away from us. In fact, actually, on the cross, he put it on himself. When the wrath and the torture and the pain and the death of sin came upon him, it wasn't because of his sin, it was because he took my sin on him. And when we believe on him, then he clothes us in his righteousness, his goodness. And you know what? He says, you are now a part of my family. You're adopted. Do you want to be a part of God's family? Jesus did everything you need to be a part of God's family. He did everything you need so that your sins could be made white as snow. And not just to be forgiven, but you can come in and you can be seated at the table of the king of kings, the great God. You can become a part of his family and one day live with him forever and ever and ever. Isn't that good news? That's why we have Good News Club, is to tell the good news of how wonderful it is and how everyone can be a part of God's family. It's not that you stop being a part of your family here, but you get to become a part of a family that is the family of God. Your father is the king of kings. Your father is the creator of all things. Your father is the most powerful. Your father is the greatest of the great. Your father knows everything that you need. Your father will care for everything you have and need. And you will be able to live with him forever and ever and ever.
And even if you're a cripple and there's nothing that can be done about it in this life, one day he will heal you. Not just, though, of the physical problems, and we have different kinds of physical problems, but most of all of all of our spiritual problems. Those are the things on the inside that are bad. He'll heal us. He'll make us whole. And we will rejoice with him forever and ever. Will you believe on the Lord Jesus? Will you believe that he died for your sins, was buried and rose again, and that Jesus only can wash all your sins away, and Jesus only can save you from the lake of fire? And it's only through Jesus that you can become one of God's children. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the beautiful example that David set in showing kindness. May we know your kindness in our lives today. Lord, I pray for those here today who have never received your righteousness, who have never had their sins washed away. I pray that today they would believe on you. Lord, I pray for the Good News Club children on Tuesday and their families. I pray that the good news will go forth this week and that many will understand. Oh, God, help them to understand, and may they believe. May you do a work in their hearts that they may trust in you and hope in you and find everlasting life and become a part of your family. And the privilege for me to say, our family. Thank you, Jesus. We give ourselves to you and we pray in your name. Amen. Could we do one other thing? Mrs. Tool, could you help me out on playing for us the song, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Every week so far in Good News Club, we've been singing this song, and it all comes here to this week, the last week of Good News Club, as we learn the truth of what can wash away my sin. I prayed there that, you, that the Lord would help the children to understand Dear brothers and sisters, you have a wonderful privilege in many of you having moms and dads who teach you things of truth from very young. Many of these children don't understand what sin is. They have no idea who God is. They have no understanding of what the Word of God is. And so when we sing and say, what can wash away my sin, we've had to spend time just talking about what sin is. I hope you know what sin is. I hope you know what Jesus has done. Many of these children, I don't think, have any idea of who Jesus is or even that he died and certainly no clue that he may have risen from the dead. And so it's a very difficult challenge to know and to understand. We have some children who know a lot. Some are Christians and come from Christian homes. And so we have the whole spectrum and it's hard to communicate. So pray for us especially in trying to communicate because it's not just in the Bible lesson. God has blessed us with lots of volunteers this year, this year, and so there's a lot of one-on-one, one-on-two time, and so all of the grade shepherds and the leaders need the wisdom of God in knowing how to individually work with these children to answer their questions and understand. But let's sing together the song, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Come help me. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
Let's sing that again. Jesus is God's son. And when Jesus washes our sins away, he not only makes us clean and gives us his righteousness, but he adopts us into the family of God and we become his brothers and sisters, the children of God. Let's rejoice in that. Let's go forth, not just a good news club, but every day sharing the wonder of the good news. May every day be good news club. Lord Jesus, we commit ourselves to you and we pray in your name. Amen.